What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. We are live in person in the studio. I'm Julian Osius, and to my left is Brooklyn. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? It's Super Bowl week, baby. It is Super, it's Bowl, Super Bowl week. week. I'm hype. Anybody who's in Tampa, we got the Super Bowl experience going on. Catch us Friday if you got some tickets, if you were able to snag some, because they were selling out hot and yeah. quick. So Fresh yeah. out the oven. But we ain't going to be doing no football talk. We oh, did that sir. last week. Oh, sir. We got some basketball, some NBA, baby. Yeah, NBA has been going on. We're about 22-ish games for everybody in. Uh, we've kind of neglected it for a little bit now. Just, just a little bit. Yeah, just because uh, football has been so fun, and we've been really focused on that. Now we got a break. We're starting to get full into the swing of things. We're finding out who's who, who's for real, MVP candidates, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, NBA, NBA is my favorite time of the year, especially, like, oh, yeah. post-All-Star game, mm-hmm. like when the games actually start to matter. And we're getting to that point in time. Usually the All-Star game's around mid-February. So that's about where we are right now. And this year is definitely interesting. Oh, yeah, no doubt, it's bro. It's <laughs> certainly interesting. Uh, a lot of the teams at the top, we fully expected to be there. If, if you want to look at the Lakers, the Clippers, even the Nets before the big trade, the Bucks, they're all up there right at the top. There are a f- couple of surprise teams. The Jazz are doing really, really well. Bro, the Jazz were balling. They were on, like, a 10-game winning streak. I know it just got broken because of the Nuggets came into town and stomped them. But still, they were rolling. They were number one in the West at 15-4, and four, given the Clippers and the Lakers are right behind them. But still, the Nug- I mean, the Jazz came out hot. Yeah, they came out hot. And, well, the funny thing is they didn't start out hot. I think they were, like... Um, they were three and four at one point, under five hundred, looking a little lost and confused. They rattle off ten straight, wind up losing yesterday, so now they're like nine and ten in their last ten. Or nine and nine one and in their one. last mm-hmm. ten. And it's really cool to see like that team kind of fit. Um after all the stuff that happened last year with, mm-hmm. with Mitchell and Gobert, people were worried if that was like the end of that. I was definitely one of those people because it's like, how do you move on from that? <laughs> yeah, uh, but they finally have Mike Connolly back, and he's healthy and yeah. he's playing. He's not like out for like his son's birth or whatever is going on. So having a guy like Mike Connolly there is really good. They have three legitimate stars over there in Utah, mm. and it's probably like the least appreciated trio of stars in the league. <laughs> and I feel like it's that way every year with the Jazz. The Jazz kind of get overlooked no matter how good or bad we might see them to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird. Like, they just get no type of love, and it's hilarious. It really is. Well, when you, when you have, like, two of your stars are Rudy Gobert and Mike Connolly, who are pretty objectively boring stars just because they, they play doing stuff that's not particularly fun to watch. Yeah. It's helpful to the team, but it's not fun. And so nobody, and they're in Utah too. So it's like that—that's a big thing for it, also. And you mentioned uh, they got off to a slow start. It's been like that for a lot of teams, man. Yeah, you had the short training camp, barely been able to do anything, and especially with the way protocols have been, teams haven't been able to practice as much. They haven't really been having shootarounds. So it's pretty much just you play the game, and then you play your next game. Maybe have a little practice in between if you're lucky, but there really hasn't been much time to really 
develop and mesh, especially since there's been so many new pieces that have been moved yeah. this offseason. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Um, but I will say, I feel like about just about every team that did get off to a slow start that should have been good this year has pretty much bounced back from mm-hmm. it, apart from one. There's there's one specific team that may or may not have went to the NBA Finals <laughs> last year that also may or may not be one of the worst teams record-wise in the league this year. Yeah. The Heat just have not really played well. Jimmy Butler has not been healthy. and A lot of people on that team haven't been healthy. Yeah, Tyler Hero either. They have been like very injured. Yeah. And they kind of need all of those pieces to, to make the, the cogs work the way that they mm-hmm. work over there in Miami. So it may, it makes sense that they're that they're kind of struggling out the gate. You got to think at some point they're going to figure it out and get healthy and crawl their way into. I mean, they'll probably for sure if they don't, I'd be shocked. End up in that ten seed, nine seed at yeah, the very the least. Yeah. At the very least, but they'll probably end up in like the actual playoffs. And if they're a six seed or lower, that's not a fun six seed or seven seed, eight seed that no. you want to see at no. all. <laughs> because when it comes down. And time to really ball in crucial clutch situations. The Heat are built for that. Yeah. They got a bunch of Clearly, dogs over there we, in Miami. We saw, we saw it last year. Yeah, so. they got a bunch of dogs over there in Miami, so I wouldn't be surprised. And another team that's surprising who went to the finals not too long before the Heat is the Raptors that's in their no man's land as well. Yeah. And it's just, you see two teams that were at the top of uh, the East a little bit ago, and now they're struggling. They're struggling a lot. And the the Raptors are an interesting one, too, because they didn't really lose a whole lot from last year. They Mm -hmm. lose Marcus All, They lose um, Serge Ibaka. So they lose their big guys. And I think that really just kind of tore apart that defense over there. Because when Uh, you have two anchors like that, that means a lot. And and two veteran anchors, too. So you lose, like, the two veteran presences. And not like they need it anymore. Those guys have all kind of been together for a while. But I think it really did do a number on that defense, and that was something that they, I mean they were the best defense in the league outside of Milwaukee yeah, last exactly. year. Exactly. So you lose two defensive anchors like that, it, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, it's gonna hurt because like they're not the best offensive team. We we know that. Yeah. They they never have been. They can they could put up numbers, not at any given night. So you lose that defense, it's tough. Yeah, but they are getting some good contributions from from guys that then fully mm-hmm. expect. Chris Boucher is having an unbelievable year. Absolutely. Um, probably one or two on that sixth man award ballot if I had to vote for one right now. Um, and then OG has actually played really good defense, making a, a dent into missing the Kawhi. Um, the, I mean, it's been like a whole two seasons since he's been gone, but... <laughs> He's kind of filling that void over there a little it, bit. It, it's still a big one to fill, no, yeah. no matter how long. <laughs> Absolutely. It's still a big one to fill. But, you know, you have those two teams that are underperforming. We mentioned the Jazz, maybe not overperforming, but are playing particularly well right now. And then another fun team that has actually been on a little bit of a skid their last two weeks or so, but the Phoenix Suns started off hot. Yeah. They started off hot. They kept up. Exactly where they left off in the bubble to start the season. They added Chris Paul with the trade. DeAndre Ayton comes back. He's healthy. He's not suspended. <laughs> and, and that's big. And that, that's big because he has had a breakout season. He's averaging over 20 points and like 12 and a half rebounds. So he's having a breakout year, living up to that number one overall pick that he uh, was, was taken in a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. 
that was a couple, that was like three years ago now. So he he's really starting to find his form in the league, which is really nice to see these young kids like the high draft picks. And we were talking about it before the year with the the Suns and Chris Paul coming in and what he did with the Thunder the year before. We knew the Suns were gonna really get things rolling in one way or another. But I, I like it, and I think uh, for now, the future of the rest of this season in particular, it's going to be pretty bright for the Suns. Yeah, and I mean, no pun intended with the future is bright, but like, <laughs> he, the, the West is so top-heavy this year and not as deep as it typically is Yeah, that if there's ever a year for the Suns to maybe be an upstart, this is definitely the year. They have the guys in place to win big games if they need to. Mm-hmm. And now they just got to put themselves in a position where they don't have to face the Lakers in the first round. Yeah. And maybe you can get something done. Because facing the Lakers in the first round is just a death sentence. Because mm-hmm. you're facing a fully rested team that probably like didn't take the last couple weeks too seriously. You have to go in and play them. And LeBron is and just a freight train this year. You don't want to see so. LeBron in the first round. You don't want to see LeBron ever. You don't want to see LeBron ever. You don't want to see him in the first round in particular. So, I mean, they're the three seed at the moment. That's obviously changing every day. Like, their top four in the West are all within, like, a Mm -hmm. game, game and a half of each other. So, it's not like that really matters. But LeBron has been really, really good this year in really, really limited minutes. This is by far the the least amount of minutes he's played in the season, and it feels like it's just another year. Yeah, man. And did you see when he went to uh, Cleveland the other night? Yeah. He just went off. He just went off. <laughs> and and it's kind of crazy because he still has that in him to kind of do that whenever he wants. And he just doesn't really want to all that Yeah, that, that's always been the thing with LeBron. He'd rather his team shine than him just go off for 50 a night when he easily could. Yeah, LeBron could 100% be doing what Bradley Beal's doing right now if he was putting up 27 shots a game. But LeBron's not going to be putting up more than, like, 15 to 18 at this point. He just doesn't. And it, not until the playoffs, at least. It's good that you bring up Bradley Beal, because that whole situation in Washington is just... Free my dog, Bradley. Free my dog, Bradley Beal, Free bro. Him. He didn't do nothing wrong. Please get him out of Washington. Wrong. Please. I beg you. They I don't know do who I'm begging, but I beg you. <laughs> and I hope you're listening to this, because the man is too talented. Yeah, the man's too talented. The Wizards go on like a little hiatus where they couldn't play basketball for like a little minute. I think they got like six games canceled or yeah, man. postponed it, it, or whatever. It was bad. And in that time, Russell Westbrook gets healthy, which is good. His quad kind of heals up a little bit. That's part of why he hasn't been as efficient and explosive to start the year. Yesterday was Sunday. He looked every bit the Russell Westbrook that we all know. Yesterday against the Nets, yeah, put up forty one. I think two rebound or I don't know if those rebounds or assists are away from a triple double. Exactly the rest that we expect. Bradley Beal is pretty much putting up thirty eight a game. He's, I know he's averaging thirty five, but every time I look, that man's almost at forty. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. And last year, you had to there there had to have been him taking exception to the fact that he was like the number three scorer in the league. I think he was at like twenty seven a game. And he didn't make any All NBA teams. Yeah, it, not it one, bad. two, or and three. Got skimped on uh, the All Star game too, and, and it was just and so no respect, no respect, and so he's no just respect. putting the league on notice at this point. Where I'm a bad man. Washington stinks. 
Get me out of here. For lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. P.U. And he's trying to get all the way out of there. Somebody free my dog. Send him to the Knicks. Go ahead. Send him anywhere. Send him to Chicago. Because Chicago, they, they look like they want to be good. Just they can't because it's Chicago and we've seen how they've been the last couple of years. But Zach Levine's been trying to lead them. Yeah, Zach Levine looks really good. Laurie Markkinen's having another improvement of a year. Yeah, I can't promise the rest of the, the roster is really helping all that much. Um, I know Kobe White is playing better, mm-hmm. and he, and he's a lower. He's one of their big draft picks. Um, Damian Dot or Devin Dots, not Damian Dotson, <laughs> um, Dot. has been a really good three point shooter for them. But. This is the team that we talked about to start the year that just doesn't really have the talent. Otto Porter Jr. can't be your number two. As we saw in Washington, he yeah. can't be your number two. Um, is there any guy that just immediately comes to your mind outside of Bradley Beal that you're just seeing crazy improvement out of that you're like, you didn't really see coming? Because um, thinking of Bradley, like, I think we saw it coming. But he's taken such a step forward that that he's yeah. I would I would go with another one who you saw coming, and it would be Joel Embiid. Okay. It would definitely be Joel Embiid. Joel has taken the challenge and stepped up to the plate and is doing what he needs to do in Philly. And it's leading Philly to being the number one seed in the East. And he he's been a dog. Yeah. He he's been a dog. He has been. I think a couple days ago he had a forty point and like twenty rebound game, which is like a handful that's ever happened outside yeah. of Walt Chamberlain. Um and yeah, he's he's putting the team on his back this year and he's healthy, which is the important yes, thing. Yes, he's been available on the court ball. And you know, knock on wood, because it's only been twenty one games for Joel Embiid. Yeah. And He's the only guy I like in Philly, and I don't even particularly like him. I like him because he's a Kansas guy. <laughs> Shout out to the Jayhawks. But Philly is a weird team that they have rebuilt that roster every single season, uh, trying to figure out how to make this work because they have the talent. They have the stars. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris is having a career year. Yeah, Ben Simmons is still not. He, not. Point wise, you know what you're gonna get out of Ben right now. Just he, I think he's at like 13 points a game. But I mean, when it comes to rebounds and assists, he's doing what he needs to do. I believe he's like averaging eight and change on the rebounds and about I th- seven. I think the real assists. key with Ben Simmons is he's figuring out a way to stretch the floor without being a threat behind the three. Yeah, and that has really helped him out. I don't really understand it because you really just can guard him with like a foot or two in front of you yeah <laughs> but he he's figured out a way to make it work i think him and joel kind of have like complementing play styles as odd as it kind of is because joel's a better shooter but they're both really good in the paint so yeah and as long as tobias harris continues to be that quote-unquote third star for them and if he could be an offensive threat when ben simmons is not they can make it work. They can make their own little big three because I still believe that the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid duo could be very dangerous, if not one of the most dangerous in the league. But Ben has a long way to go before that happens. He needs to put up numbers. Yeah, and there's just no way around it. But another big thing besides the players with the Sixers, and we said it last year, 
uh, before any firings or any changes were made. Should they blow it up or should they go get a new coach? I went with the latter. Go get a new coach. Get Bruce Brown out of there. Well, that new coach ends up being Doc Rivers. Yeah, and clearly it's working right away. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's a huge thing for the Sixers right there. You add Doc Rivers, and you instantly just yeah, become better. Get, especially getting like a defensive-minded coach when you have so many athletes on a team mm-hmm. that I think is super important. And, you know, it, it's working for now. I, don't, I still don't think this team is built to win in the playoffs. I don't think they have a guy that could take you off the dribble and put the team on his back at the end of a game, which is really what you need in this kind of era of the NBA, of the three ball. And... I don't think they have that. And it's funny you say that because I know it's a regular season game, but Tobias Harris ended up doing that against the Lakers in a big game to close it out, off the dribble, pull up Mm mid-range for the win. Yeah, he did exactly that. I think that's great and dandy. Yeah, again, again, regular season. You you got to do it when... Once you get to the playoffs, it's it's fully different. Yeah. And, again, I'm not going to ever take you beating LeBron off a buzzer beater in the regular season as any sort of indication (laughs) towards the future events. No, I I, I agree, but it got to be noted. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, But, yeah, the Sixers are definitely a surprise. I like that Joel Embiid. I know a lot of people are saying that if the season ends right now, he might be the MVP, and I'd probably agree with that only because the Mavericks are not good. Yeah. If the Mavericks were better, I think Luka would have my vote by a mile. But yeah. this is kind of like a rust situation from a couple of years ago. Except worse, because the Mavericks aren't even in the playoff discussion at the moment. They're pretty bad. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> Mavs are tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, like, we're looking at the, the standings right now, and they're not even like in. They weren't even in our frame. Um, <laughs> they're 8-12. and 12. Nah, That's tough. <laughs> Above your New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, since we're down there, let's talk about the Pelicans <laughs> um, and the Timberwolves. <laughs> Lonzo Ball stinks, first of all. He had a great game against the Bucks the other day because the Balls both decided that they wanted to pop off against yeah, the Yeah, back-to-back nights, the Bucks end up losing <laughs> on the strength of LeVar's Balls. <laughs> yes, pun intended. <laughs> they Both the both sons end up dropping 27, and... Career highs for both of them. For both of them. Given one of them is three years into its career. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's a rookie. So they both go off. And, I mean, <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Um, before we leave the, the Lonzo talk, too, I feel like in my head I have this really strange thing where I compare Lonzo and Ben Simmons to each other. Because not <laughs> not that they're both, like, bad or anything like that. Not that I'm talking bad about either of them. Uh-huh. But... Because both came in with so much hype, and they both played the exact same way. They're yep. both really good athletes and facilitators and, and guys who can do other things besides score, but that scoring aspect just isn't there. Yeah. And I, I know we give a lot of pressure to young guys to be good right away, but this is Ben Simmons' fourth season or fifth season. This is Lonzo Ball's third season. Mm-hmm. At some point, there has to be genuine improvement outside of little sparkles of games right Yeah, absolutely and we still haven't really seen that from either of those guys to a, an actual level to where we'll consider them not busts right mm-hmm. especially with how high draft picks they were so just wanted to throw that in there while we were talking about the sixers and the pelicans uh it's coming towards the end of like their can they be great kind of a thing and are they just like role players in this league at that point yeah or like high-end role players 
And then, kind of interesting, not really, number one overall pick goes to the Timberwolves. Shocker, they're still bad. <laughs> it's really weird, though, because, like, they have D'Angelo Russell, they have Carl Anthony Towns, who I think both of them are seen to be better than they actually are. Yeah. Like, D'Angelo Russell's cool. I, I like the kid. I think he's really talented. He's not the best player on a team. He shouldn't be. We saw that with the Nets a couple of years ago where, like, they made an eight seed as, like, three games under 500 in the East. And, and they were, like, quote, fun that year because he's fun. But Yeah, he, he's a great player. He's explosive. But I just don't know if he's consistent to a point where if he doesn't have people around him contributing just as much that he could be the guy that's going to lead you to where you want to be. Yeah. And if there's ever a team that's been bad about putting guys around you, it's the Timberwolves. Yeah. They, they, have, they have had, I mean, we've seen it over the last two decades, really, um, when you look at guys like Stephon Marbury, you had Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. you've had uh, Latrell Sprewell, you had now Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, Andrew Wiggins, Carl so- Anthony Towns. You've <laughs> had guys there that yeah. can do stuff. Absolutely. And sorry if you're a Timberwolves fan listening to this, but like... <laughs> I can't imagine there's too many. <laughs> uh, shout out to my boy Harry. Shout out Harry. <laughs> yeah, so... That's that's tough. We talked about the Wizards. They're they're worse because they have two better stars. They have the best, what should be the best scoring duo in the league. If if Russ hasn't been hurt all year, uh, the Pelicans circling back to them actually have the third best scoring duo when yeah. it comes to Zion and Brandon Ingram, which is kind of interesting. It is. They're they're both nasty. They're both nasty. But uh, the Pelicans are weird right now because they don't. It seems like they don't even really know what they're trying to. Do because there's rumors of them trading Lonzo. There's rumors of them trading JJ Redick, and it's like so. So do you guys want to win? Yeah, like are we just trying to change the pieces? What's what's happening? Yeah, because those those are two big pieces that you're trying to get rid of. So it's like in theory, yeah. <laughs> but like you got Stephen Adams, so you you're in, you you're in for a push, but it's just it's not clicking. There's something there. That just isn't clicking because they feel like a team that's built for just like a run and gun type of offense. But But they can't gun. Exactly. (laughs) They can't gun. Exactly. Like they got athletes. They're athletic. Like you put Zion, Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo, and Ingram on the court. Like you should be able to just up and down the court. No problem. Right? In in theory. In theory. But it's just not working. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not working. And and the defense just isn't there either. So if you're yeah. not if you're not going to be getting the guns up, at least at least clamp them down. And I mean that's what to me the two feel good stories in the East are the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks this year. Yeah. And both of those teams are playing absolutely lights out defense. Yeah. Lights out defense. Absolutely. I think the Knicks like metrically are like the best or second best defense in the league. Uh, I think they're that's Tom uh, the Thibodeau. first. Yeah, that's Tom Thibodeau, just classic, coming in and just putting on um, a mindset of defense first. If I'm looking right now, it says their opponents are scoring 103.9, and they're putting up 102.2. So you're, you're just barely missing that mark to win the games, but you're holding them right there. They're keeping games close. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to note that, like, if you have a really good defense with guys who aren't necessarily like uber talented, 
mm-hmm. that if you get a guy who is, and you can re- like add some scoring, the defense isn't going to change all that much because now it's like a culture around the team that's helping make this defense great. Yeah. So that's why I was saying earlier, if you add a guy like Bradley Beal to this Knicks team, I think they're actually like a genuinely good team. Yeah, I can't argue with that. What the Knicks have done, I've been I've been impressed. Yeah, especially what Julius Randle has been doing. Yeah, Julius Randle's had an absolutely like you can make a case for Julius as most improved. I he would probably win it to in my opinion unless you're giving it to Bradley Beal. Um, I can't really think of who else. Yeah, because he went. He's literally like significantly. I think it was a uh, Jerry and Grant or Jeremy Grant at one point in the year had quite literally double of all of his stats from last year. I don't think that's still the case. Mm-hmm. But on his new team, he's starting now. And he was he averaged like eleven last year, and it was like twenty two. It was like three three assists and four boards, and it was six and eight. It was like completely doubled. Yeah. So if that's still going on over there, which I don't think it is, it'll be him. But Julius has had a great year, and I really, really also think like Colin Sexton over there in in Cleveland has Insane. has been really showing like that offensive ability that we saw he could have had coming out of the draft. The the Cavs are interesting because it's like they don't have like quote unquote star power. Outside of Kevin Love. They do have Kevin yeah. Love. And I don't know if he's playing. I think he's he hurt. he hasn't really been playing. But they got a lot of like just pieces. Mm-hmm. Not great pieces, but pieces. And like you said, defensively they're they're great. Yeah. They're great. Like they need a little more offensive help. But they've been able to do what they need to do. Like they're they're the seventh seed right now. Obviously, we still got a long way to go. But you got Sexton, you got Garland, Seti Osman. He he got that little pedigree from LeBron back then. <laughs> so he he's balling. They got about like seventeen centers on their team with Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, Javale McGee, Kevin Love. So Stop. the trees, <laughs> the trees. Yeah, it's the so, biggest team ever. So it's just wild. JaVale McGee's over there trying to be a point guard as well. I know you've been seeing that. Point McGee. Yeah, we've seen we've seen him dangling that ball on a string. We've seen it. On, dangling it on his rat tail. Oh, come on. He, he's going to get Jared Allen to shave that fro and get a rat tail too. And they both they both need something going on. <laughs> so And Jared Allen has a defense as well. Like, I, I'm, I miss him already. <laughs> we're, we're 10 games almost past that era i miss him but yeah. cleveland did get a dog down there being an anchor so that, that's only gonna help them yeah and you, you mentioned jared allen and him leaving uh the nets they get james harden at some point during this year they give away karis lavert potentially saving his life which is yeah. insane let's talk about yeah, that let's let's second. let's not brush over that he gets traded to the pacers he does his whole physical stuff, and they find a lump in his kidney. Kidney, yes. They find a lump in his kidney, and it was cancerous. And they were able to go in early stages, get it out. He, they had the surgery. He's said to be able to fully recover, so that's incredible. Mm-hmm. We're really happy for him. Um, and it's one of those things that had he not been traded, he might not have gotten an MRI done. And had he not had that done, who he, knows? <laughs> It's not like you feel that, you know, and that could have been a much, much worse situation than it is. Yeah. Uh, Super happy for him, hoping that he's able to fully recover, as we said, get into the Pacers. And they're a pretty good team without him right now, so let's hope that he can go there, make some contributions, and um, the Pacers might be able to make a push with him. I don't really know. And it's weird to say, like, 
they they made a life saving trade, right? Like it, a life changing trade. Yeah. But every sensible uh, thing they did, and it's really crazy to think about. Like yeah. a trade saved your life. Now the one thing that I'm confused about is this got found out. How did the trade not get like thrown away? I was curious about that too because, because you have to think that this was the biggest part of the trade outside of the draft picks, right? Yeah, because you give all. 70 billion draft picks to the Rockets, mm-hmm. and then you you throw in Karis LeVert to the Pacers so that they can get Depot now, right? Like, there's a lot going yeah. on, but he's got to be the second biggest piece in this trade. So if he can't play and contribute immediately to a team like the Pacers trying to get there, no matter what the reasoning is, I can't believe they didn't, like, veto this deal. Yeah, yeah because the trade should is supposed to be official pending a physical. Yeah. That, that's always what it is. Pending the physical goes the way you want it to go. All that. So I don't know. Maybe it's a team thing. Like, I th- You know, here's here's my kind of quick analysis on it. Is that the Oladipo situation was so unfixable there. That they mm-hmm. said, we are not going to get anything even remotely close to getting Chris LeVert back. Mm-hmm. So let's settle for it and hope that like this all goes well. Yeah, because if that's the thing and the team says, all right, we'll, we'll deal with it when he's healthy, he comes back, cool, no problem. But if it's just a one-and-done type thing, like, all right, you failed your physical, we found this, that, blah, 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 trade's vetoed. Yeah. So it's, it's a wild thing, and this is one of the biggest trades you, you could look back in in, like, NBA history. Yeah. Like it's not just there's something. three there's three two stars for sure and one like rising star in Levert all involved in this trade and you know I say star but Harden's really a little bit bigger than that yeah he he's a planet pretty yeah. much and, <laughs> he, he's the sun and and <laughs> so you send Harden to the Nets who already have Kyrie yeah. and Kevin Durant and in, now you have the best offense that's ever been put on a court. You gotta think, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Because you have those two guys who are who both could easily score twenty seven a game. I don't know if Kyrie's after actually done that, so we'll say twenty five. Well, right now Kyrie's doing twenty seven a game. Yeah, um, I don't think he has before, so I'll, I'll give him the twenty five for the doubt. So mm-hmm. say all of them get twenty five a game. That's seventy five points for three guys right there. The other night they all combined, all three of them scored about ninety three points. It's crazy. And that was what, like, Harden scoring 34 on a triple-double, but, like, a 12 assists, KD with 32, Kyrie with, like, 28. It's nuts. Yeah, and then you have Joe Harris there, too. Outside of those four, it's tough. Yeah. And, you know, you say outside of those four, it's tough, and you think, well, you have those three, but, like, there has to be somebody else that because can give you Because there's times those- where, like, that, that same night we scored 90. I think we got maybe 12 points from our bench. And that's just unacceptable. You you can't have that. So it's like, and the thing is, we're a kind of deep team. Like there there's pieces around. They're just not consistently producing the way they need to. One night they go off. Bruce Brown goes off. TLC, uh, Jeff Green. They they all go off. Another night, non-existent, and stuff like that that you can't have. You cannot have that if you're fighting for a championship. Yeah. And now they're, they're tr- talking about making a trade for J.J. Redick as well. So you add J.J. to this team with Joe Harris, and you get two of the best three-point shooters in the league. 
that's including the big three. Yeah, <laughs> so like that, not that's, even including them. Yeah. So that's just wild right there. And then there's also talks of like Cleveland trying to get rid of Drummond and uh, buy him out, and the Nets trying to pick him up. So because this team isn't all the way complete yet, they still have uh, one more roster spot to fill. They filled one of them with uh, Mont Shumpert. <laughs> so that adds to our defense right there. We had Shumpert last year. They had a rapper. <laughs> we we had Shumpert last year for about 12 games. And defensively, he was great. So that that's what this team is lacking right now, defense. Because <laughs> they're the worst team defensively in the league. The best wait, team offensively. Wait, wait, best The worst defense in the league this year and, and how much further back? You want to say it or should I? Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, the worst defensive team of all time. The worst defensive team of all time and the best offensive team of all time. According, according makes, to points per game. Yeah. Not, no, like, true metrics on that. But just it just, it's, it makes no sense that you could be that far on a scale on both sides. It, it's just wild. It makes a little bit of sense because if you're scoring a lot, there's a lot of possessions in the game. Yeah. So it makes a little bit of sense. But you can't be giving up 149 to the Washington Wizards when they're like on a on a seven game losing streak. And, yeah. And we, we mentioned the, the big three in the net score in ninety one the other day. Russ and Beal had eighty one last night. For two of them. For two of them. So it's not it's so those two were insane. Free both of my dogs. Um, Honestly, get Russ out of there too. Get Russ <laughs> out of there too, bro. Get him out of there. Please. But um it's it's one of those things where this is a weird year because a lot of the young guys are playing really well. We we said Luca for a second. Luca's just t- taking another step forward after yeah. he had a, a slow like five game start. He's really really turned it on recently. He kind of has to because again the team is bad. Yeah. And there was like an interview with him last week saying like we gotta be better. Easier said than done. <laughs> Easier said than done. And I've always said this too. Like the duo with him and Kristaps is cool. But duos in this league don't work unless you're LeBron and Anthony Davis. They just don't. And those and the reason that works is because LeBron's the best player in the league. Anthony Davis is maybe the second best player in the yeah. league. <laughs> so it works. Um, if it's not those two, or like maybe LeBron and KD would work. <laughs> but like LeBron and KD on a team would just yeah, be stupid. <laughs> but like stupid. outside of like those two combos, <laughs> duos don't work in this league. Even the Warriors needed three. Because, like, when they were good before KD, like, Draymond was, like, a true number yeah. three. You, you need that extra oomph to the team. Yeah. Like, you could you could have duos. Like, there's been duos throughout history that you could look at. But in, in terms of recent history, duos don't work. Yeah. You, you need that extra. You got to have a extra. really deep team like the Raptors did a couple years ago. Yeah. Or you got to have just, like, dogs everywhere. So, I'm glad that you bring up the young guys. Let's turn the clock back a little bit and talk about the really young guys, the rookies. Which ones have been impressing you this year? Bro, we we talked about the balls. Lonzo Ball, right now, is the rookie of the year. LaMelo. Yeah, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball. Lonzo Ball did not win rookie of the year. He's not winning most improved either. He's not winning any awards. Um, LaMelo Ball has been really, really good. Uh, He's still coming off the bench. Because there's a guard floodgate over there in Charlotte. Yeah. And they even have, like, Bridges playing the guard position sometimes. So they have a lot of guards over there. 
he's been playing really, really good minutes off the bench. So he's played a lot of minutes. So he's playing like starter minutes almost. Uh, shooting about 43%. So that could be better. But he's he's really showing that he is a guy who deserves to be in this league, which yes. I know was a big question to begin with. Mm-hmm. We knew the upside. A lot of players are comparing him to Luka, which is the highest praise really you could get. Yeah. And I really love the way that he plays. He he plays so free. Yeah. And we, we knew that was going to happen. We knew. We knew it. And the fact that it's already translating to a professional level. It's I mean, funny. given he was just playing professional ball, too. Yeah. It's very different, though. Oh, absolutely. I, I just love LaMelo's, like, storyline throughout everything. It, it's been nuts. Back, like, six years ago, we were watching him point at the logo and shoot from. Score 92 in a high school game. Yeah. Like. I, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's cool to see at least one of the balls win, and I I do enjoy it. It's it's nice to have them kind of as a presence. Mm-hmm. But there's two other rookies that are really standing out to me right now. And if you go to Sacramento, and you look at what he's doing over there, I can't pronounce his name. That's why I'm not saying it. We're gonna click it real quick because um, I I struggle every time. Shout out to shout out to Kale for. For knowing how to say this man's name. Tyrese Halberton. He's been really, really good. Yeah. He's been really, really good. He's an incredible defender. He dropped a little bit in the draft. I don't really know why, but he did. And now he's um he's uh he's averaging a good amount. He's averaging eleven. Yeah, shout out to Woes for the little cameo real quick. Right <laughs> um, he's averaging eleven and five five assists, but it's really been his defense that's been the difference. And he he's started to play more minutes because Luke Walton stopped coaching as much. Because can Luke P- Walton stop coaching? Yeah, he's he's awful. <laughs> Please, can he's, we have that started? Yeah, like. Luke Walton might be the worst coach of all time. We've known this. Let's just throw that out there. He got the opportunity to coach the best team of all time, and we thought he was good. No, no. <laughs> you just had you. you had Steph, Clay, KD. You're not a good coach. You I just... didn't think he was good then. Didn't think he was good with the Lakers. Still don't think he's good now. Just get him out. Get him out. You yeah. want him on your team? Put him as like a very very deep assistant coach, <laughs> like the one that's all the way at the bench. That no, he's not even able to sit on he's the bench. The you know the way that they. <laughs> The you see how they have like the chairs set up past like the baseline and the cut yeah. for like staff. Yeah. Put him there. That's they're, where he deserves all, to be. They're all staggered. Yeah, keep, keep him there. That's where he deserves. Yeah, but I, again, the one really big bright spot from the Kings is they finally decide to not go after a blue blood great college player. And Tyrese Halberton was phenomenal at um, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And they get a non blue blood college player and look he's good it's crazy yeah. he's i really really like this you, kid you don't game. always need the big quote-unquote like college name or the big name athlete like there, there's a lot of talent out there some of them just didn't get a chance to go to the big school yeah exactly so it's, and we're not gonna pretend like iowa state's not a big school let's let's not do that no but, no not at all but you you know what i mean by yeah, that yeah i got you like sometimes you want that duke you want that kansas like well and and the king's that nothing exactly. gets nothing gets them harder. Exactly. <laughs> nothing nothing gets that blood pumping bricked up, bro. <laughs> um, the other rookie I want to mention is the Knicks rookie Emmanuel Quickly. Yes. Um, he is a blue blood. He went yeah. to Kentucky. 
this was the Knicks' second first-round pick, so the one that got all the attention was Obi Toppin. They kind of really under the radar go in and get Emmanuel quickly to kind of fill that guard position. A lot mm-hmm. of people thought he was drafted a little high than he should have been, and he has taken offense to that. Yeah, He is coming off the bench. He's averaging 12 a game, but it's not so much to him averaging 12 a game. Is that in his last four, he, he went 31 and then 6 and then 25 and 25. Wild. All off the bench. His last game was against the Clippers, where he got to play against his idol in Lou Will, which was kind of cool. He had a yeah, cool they had a little moment. They had a moment, it. which was nice. And in the game, both of them hit. Like, Lou Will is known for like being a six-man and in his floater. Mm-hmm. And quickly, who has just become the floater king, apparently. Yeah. He's been Darren Williams Jr. since, <laughs> he came, since uh, he's started playing a lot. He's been getting a little bit more minutes. He's probably going to start soon if he keeps playing as well as he is. and He's shooting 50-plus percent from the field, too. Yeah. So well, recently. Well, recently. In the, in I'm the, looking at the three games right now that he yeah. dropped 31, 25, and 25. 50-plus on all three of those games. So that that's big numbers for a rookie. Yeah, it's big numbers for a rookie. And he's scoring on a team that's not scoring very much. Yeah. Which I think is important to kind of note. He's also the best foul shooter on this team on a team that's not very good at shooting at the line. So it's somebody you want on the court, particularly in the big moments, which he's really he's been on the court in the league. Yeah. If if anybody saw like the clips from last night, he started balling out, especially towards the end, and they had to mm-hmm. put Kawhi on him. <laughs> just to like keep the game good. They and it's to, crazy because that's a rookie and they got all right, Kawhi, go get him. It's a rookie point guard. Like you want me to guard who? And they gotta get Kawhi <laughs> on this man. And that's a team with great defenders all the way around too. Yeah. So Pretty yeah, cool stuff. I really like all three of these rookies. If yeah. I, if you got to give it to one right now, it's got to be Lamelo. Mm-hmm. If I were going to give it to one who maybe deserves it a little bit more, I'm going to go with Halberton, just because of the, I think the impact that he makes for that team actually makes them win a little bit more. Because I think the Kings stink, but he makes them not as stinky. <laughs> and they, then they just got a little funk to them. Exactly, exactly. And I think <laughs> if any of these guys are starting. From now to the rest of the year, I actually think quickly would wind up winning it. If quickly gets the okay. minutes as a starter, I actually think he'd wind up taking this award. So I really like all three of these guys. Not the guys I expected outside of Lamelo to be in this contention. Yeah. We talked about it in the NBA preview, but I'm not mad. No, and I'm I'm big on Lamelo. I've been saying that. I, I think he's going to be dope. Um, one of the other ones I got though, James Wiseman. James Wiseman, yes. James Wiseman is doing his thing over there in uh, Golden State. Absolutely. And I think with Wiseman, too, you're just seeing how, like, you're seeing how good he's playing now, Mm -hmm. and he's learning a little bit defensively, and he's just a freak athlete. Yeah. Like, he's catching oops. He's pulling up from three. Like, he's doing his thing. He got his little goofy lefty shot, and there's a lot of lefties in the league now, which I love. I love love to see that. Shout out to RJ and James and LeBron. LeBron is a lefty who shoots a righty. And Harden. Harden, yeah. But Wiseman is really fun, particularly, because you're watching what he's doing now, and then you just think, when the floor gets spread a little bit deeper because Clay is back, and there's a little bit more room to work with in the paint, this guy is going to be really, really good for the Warriors if he can kind of figure it out. I also want to point out, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Connor sent me a graphic. You pass me that? Yes, I can. Connor Sonner sent me a graphic Sonner. the other day. <laughs> Shout out to Sonner. Um, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's Andrew Wiggins when guarding C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard, Kawhi, KD, 
Kyrie, Middleton, Giannis, DeRozan, and Donovan Mitchell this year. They are shooting 26%. Beautiful. Wiggins Island. Wiggins Island, baby. Draft day. And look. A Wiggins. We, we were saying, well, I was saying it. You were disagreeing with I me. still think he stinks. That Wiggins will become a better basketball player on this team. I, did, I agreed with that, too. I agree with there, that. There's too. just no way that. What, he has the talent, he has the potential. Just untapped. All of it's untapped. You come to the Warriors. The, it's really The Warriors is a place where it's really, really hard to, like, not be successful because they give you all the tools. The you tools need. are there. You you have a They're great co- you have a great coach you have a guy who's gonna give you the ball wide open shots and make life a lot easier mm-hmm. and really you have two of them and you have a great city and like a culture of winning all of a sudden yeah you have the tools just gotta do it yeah and he he's definitely taking a step back offensively which I think is good I think he needed to kind of not be such an offensive focal point. But he is, he is shooting a decent percent, like 47. And again, the defensive numbers against the prime time guys, 26% against those names, pretty darn good. Absolutely. And big shout-out to the Warriors. They're a lot higher than I thought they were going to be right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a functioning team. Yeah. They're functioning. Absolutely. Like, I, I thought they were going to be creeping around. I, like I do think it's in plane. part of what we were talking about earlier, where the West is, like, just pretty objectively bad, though. Yeah, it's weird that like the narrative's kind of like switching to the east being the the a, deeper yeah. of the team because like outside of the top 4 in the west, I mean it's really the same way in both leagues. I'll say the east has a top 5 that I actually like to be yeah. good and then the west you have the the LA teams then the Nuggets and the Jazz. But the way I'm looking at it, the the worst teams are like from 6 to 12, 13. I think the east is better right now. From those right there, I'll, I'll say six to ten. I really don't think the Bulls are any sort of a threat. I like the Heat when they get better, mm-hmm. but I actually think the Rockets are gonna be better too. I yeah, think, I think the Rockets now that they've kind of gotten all the nonsense out of there, there's no more limelight on them, and you have John Wall and Oladipo who have things to play for. Yeah, they're, I, they're both coming in with a chip on their shoulder, and Christian Wood is just. Out of nowhere. An animal. Out of nowhere, really good. That's actually probably my most improved player is Christian Wood. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Because <laughs> he has actually just exploded onto the scene this year and just kind of made a big impact on a team that really needed it. And they're at nine or 900. They're at 500 <laughs> not at 9 and 9. Imagine they're at 900. You at um, 900. Imagine. Imagine. Sheesh. Sheesh. They're balling out. You still got Harden? They, 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 they. Who needs Harden? We got wood. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We got the wood and we got the balls. Yes, Uh-oh. sir. Yes, sir. But. That's the after hours. But spectator yeah. show. <laughs> you got to go to the Patreon for that one, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> link to our OnlyFans in the bio. <laughs> Hit that link tree, baby. Speaking of link tree, thank you guys for wa- or listening this week. Uh, let us know about your basketball takes. We covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, there, there's probably a lot we missed. Like we didn't really touch on the Hawks. We shout didn't talk about Hawks. Dame being great. Dame's yes. fantastic. Shout out to the Trailblazers. If you want a part two to this episode, <laughs> yeah, there's there's, yeah. Just, there's a lot to talk. We tried to talk about it. We didn't even talk about Giannis, but like that's how it be. Sometimes. Again, there, there's a lot. Jalen been... Brown's been better than Jason Tatum. I said it. He is better. I'll say it. Okay, that's the take. You don't have to believe it. You can give Jason Tatum that award. I don't care. 
<laughs> Jalen Brown's better. But that's all we got for you guys today. Yeah. Thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back next week with some Super Bowl coverage. Yep. There'll, there'll be some videos about that, I'm sure, at some point in the future because we will be doing some Tampa stuff and relishing in our hosting of the Super Bowl while participating. Absolutely. And until then, we'll see you guys next time. At underscore the spectators, IG and Twitter. Go hit that subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate the love, everybody. See you next week. Peace.